The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired, to create a deeper life, to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Hello, I'm your host, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that can come from loss. You can find links to my website and social media at the Good Grief host page at Voice America. Today, I'm welcoming Dr. Kylie Krikorian-Hanish. Kylie and her husband, Sean, are creators of the film Return to Zero, starring Minnie Driver and Paul Adelstein. It is based on their personal experience of having a stillborn son and is the first movie to tackle the taboo subject of stillbirth. Kylie, a doctor of occupational therapy, is also a bereaved mother. As an occupational therapist, she is interested in the transformative aspects of grief, specifically how storytelling, meaningful activities, experiences, and environment contribute to healing. She's using her experience and her skills to create programs for women who have experienced similar losses. She lives in Los Angeles with Sean and their two living children. You can find the film at www.returntozero.com and her work with women facing similar losses at www.returntozerohealingcenter.com. Welcome, Kylie. Thank you, Cheryl, so much for having me on today. Uh, I'm very pleased to. And I, and I want to start by saying that the, your film, Return to Zero, completely captivated me. I, I watched it once by myself and then two more times with members of my family. So it, it had a big impact on me. Well, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Three times is a lot. I, I know. I don't. I uh, and obviously, I don't always have time to do that. But uh, it was it was meaningful. It touched me in different ways as I watched it more than once. Uh, and and the thing I think I was most touched about uh, was how well it reflected what I understand about grief. And I kept imagining the courage it took to tell the story having experienced it, but also I didn't know if you could have told the story if you hadn't experienced it. What do you think about that? I I agree. I think that the film isn't focused on exactly events happening about somebody dying, but it's more how it shows the intimate experiences that happen in a family after someone has died. And a lot of times these experiences, no one, no one has the opportunity to see that. I mean, some of them maybe they may be present for, but I think grief of any kind affects a family and a community. And so it, it kind of gives you 
that bird's eye view of what somebody goes through after they've lost somebody. Um, and it's, you know, the word intimate is very, I think, a good description because it's these, a lot of the scenes are, are so personal. Absolutely. And I'm assuming that as you were developing the film, you really had to allow yourselves to, in a sense, re-experience that. Uh, obviously, it's probably not entirely your story, but um, it it does touch such a deep place that I, I would imagine it must have been very evocative. Yes, I think when my husband, Sean, was writing the film, in I think that that the writing part what for him like he had to go back and really examine everything that had happened and all those emotions um but it was his way of processing it in in the way that he knew how and so in a sense creating the film was also a healing experience yeah i agree uh-huh i was thinking about i have a a grandson who is nine months old. I have two, but one is nine months old. And my daughter is friends with someone who lost a baby. They were due the same time. Mm. And uh, they were uncannily had this, had picked the same name. Uh, Wow. And so I've been feeling that young woman so much for this nine months, uh, because of course it could be any of us. It could have been our family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's felt very personal to me, and I think that might have been why this, why the film mm-hmm. touched me so much. D- but people who ha- are not really thinking about that possibility, uh, how do they respond to the film? H- has it? Do you feel it's been watched mostly by people who've had that experience, or has it had a broader um, impact? Well, I think there's different categories of people who watch the film, and depending who it is, it's what they get out of it. So, of course, bereaved parents and bereaved families, uh, I think it can be healing for them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've heard. And it also, yes. that there's a certain validation of their experience. They don't feel like they're going crazy, and it gives their experience a voice. And it's almost like it's a collective voice. Mm. Um, and then I think if people... You know, there's people who watch it that could be caregivers, you know, healthcare professionals who work with patients who have experienced per- perinatal loss. And, you know, from them, I think it can be very educating and it can also be very cathartic. Like I spoke with one person who's a psychologist and for her, she could watch the film and actually really allow her emotions to come out. Mm. rather than trying to hold them in while she's in a session. Uh, so I think that that was good for her. And then there's people who haven't lost a child who watch the film. And, you know, some people relate to it just because of the grief topic. Absolutely. And that they can learn, a, you know, they can learn a lot about what to say or not to say to someone who's grieving. It just gives them a little bit better perspective of that experience. And it's also a really beautiful film, despite the difficult subject matter. So it's kind of, 
you know, can be viewed by different people and mean different things. That that's there are a lot of ways into it. I I felt that very much, and um, you know, my listeners know and and you know that my mother just died a few weeks ago. So I think that was touched for me too because yeah. the the grief experience felt so familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that that universal. Um, not that we do it the same way, but yeah. but just that there's a, a universal uh, experience of loss that that your film connects with. I know that you have uh, taken this work and begun to do retreats and workshops and um, really share your experience with other women who are experiencing it for healing. And I wonder if you could talk some about how that came about for you and, uh, you know, where you are in that process of creation. Sure. So with, with the retreats, it came about, I had an idea. I received an email and then in the shower, I had this idea. Like I needed to create a retreat that was like a safe place for a woman who have been through this. And um, in the beginning, my initial, I guess, goal for it was to really nurture these women because that's what I felt that I wanted out of, you know, right like in that, actually in that first year or so, it's just, you're just overwhelmed by everything and Mm. you want someone to take care of you. But so that is definitely part of the retreats. And then the other big thing that's, that's come out of it. The biggest gift I think is the community it's that's formed while we're at the retreat. It's a small group of about 20 to 30 women and they can really let all barriers down and be honest and be themselves and not feel so different from everyone else. Like in normal life, you feel like you're walking around like the A from the Scarlet Letter almost. Like, <laughs> like you know, like I'm the one that had the baby died. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, I mean, even for me, that's how I defined myself. I was like, no one understands what I've been through. And, and to be in a place where everybody understands. And not that everybody grieves similarly, because definitely I grieve really differently than other people. And And I'm not even talking about men and women, but I know there's women who very differently from me it's just partly your personality type absolutely um but but just to be in a place that's really safe Mm. and you can laugh and you can cry and people understand what you've experienced I love that there's this sort of um the same title is applied to a very public film that probably what a million people have watched something like that and that it's also applied to a small, intimate setting where people really get to explore their feelings. That seems mm-hmm. quite wonderful to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you were thinking about that when you used the same name or not, but that seems very powerful to me. I wasn't thinking about that, but I, but it's interesting, you know. And I think that that with the film, the title kind of, you know, for Sean, it came out of that when we had this experience that for him, everything was burned to the ground and he was kind of, you know, returned to zero means going back to the beginning, to the foundation and rebuilding everything and rebuilding your beliefs that, that metaphorically. Mm -hmm. Um, And, 
it, and I think for, for the retreats and the healing center, I wanted to carry the community that we've created from the movie, carry it to something else that focuses more on the healing aspect of going through this experience. And that by connecting with other people that you, you can find healing or, or at least you're never healed, but that you can find integration of your experience. And that is what I define as healing. That's the exact word that I use integration. So I, I really resonate with that. Um, you know, I know as someone who works with illness and loss in every aspect of my life, uh, there are various aspects of that. One is that it's wonderful. You know, I I love those kinds of conversations because they're deep and wonderful. And the other part of it is uh, my own grief gets touched a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how does that work with you? Since I, you know, I work with a wide array of losses. Uh, but you work with one particular kind of loss, which is your own experience. Is that ever, uh, does it ever feel like too much or a lot? Or is it more uh, nurturing and healing for you by and large? I think, I mean, I, I've had to create boundaries uh, just so I am not in, living in a space of, because I'm that's why I'm constantly seeing that like there's a lot of babies that die and it's horrible. So I try not to get too focused on that or else I'd probably like never get out of bed. <laughs> but uh-huh. um but number one, you know, what can I do to help? Mm. Um with with the voice that we have through the film. We just we have a big following. So I think using that towards good and and then and then i also think that it's it has been healing for me because like in the film i just shut down and i didn't want to deal with my grief i didn't i mean i don't know if i didn't want to but i just didn't know how and there was really no one around me to show me how to do it mhm and and so for me what's been the most healing you know, is by talking about my story and sharing it with other people and not feeling so ashamed of it. So, so I, I feel that the emotion that I feel, you know, especially at these retreats, they're very, you're in a very, very deep spiritual place, but I take it as a good thing because I know that, that it, that I can still feel all of that. And it's not that it's triggering my own loss, but it allows me to connect with it and not shove it to the side. And I, th- for me, that's a really good thing. There's two things I hear there. One is you have a, a beautiful way to connect with your experience as it unfolds, and also that service is a big part of it. And and that that also connects for me. That when I give somebody something I've learned out of my hard experiences, it feels so good. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's one thing early on. That's probably the only thing that I saw as like the the light that came out of my experience is I felt like I could relate on a deeper level to any human that was experiencing suffering. 
Mm-hmm. And, and for a long time, for eight years or, you know, that was it. Um, and now it's just in a, in a different way, but I think Sean and I are both very much about service and being able to make the world better and by giving people hope, I think is, is a big thing. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, what I believe is there's a, there's a way that the best service you're compelled to do out of your own experience Mm -hmm. Uh, so that, that sort of fits with what you're saying that, uh, it actually does feel largely good to have that to offer. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I, I can't speak for Sean, but that I felt that what I'm doing now has very much chosen me that I didn't go and seek it out. You know, that I had this experience of losing our son and then, and then eight years later, Sean makes a movie and who, I mean, who thought that a movie like this could ever get made in the first place? But then, <laughs> but then my story being out there, you know, I mean, I could choose to embrace it or reject it, but I think there's so much more that can be gained out of embracing it, but I didn't seek it out. Definitely. Well, the other thing that's important in what you're saying is there was no immediate, I'm going to go do retreats, that you had had, you know, you're saying eight years to live with yourself about it, uh, mm-hmm. which I also think is is a part of it. It's hard to give it at first uh, if you haven't if you haven't done that work to yeah. get to get more integration. Did you find that? Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Because I think if you're too raw and you haven't processed it, then you probably are I don't know, just will find challenges because you need you you just you need time and space to process your own grief. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh do you find that there are people that come to the workshops long after they've had that loss? Um, so at the last retreat, there was someone who came who lost her daughter like six weeks before the retreat. And then there was someone, it's been 17 years. So, so a, real, a real wide arc. Yeah. But, but I, I do think that the sooner that people can come, if they're ready, I mean, they have to know if they're ready or not. Right. That that connection to a community of other women can be a huge, can have a huge impact on the healing journey. Absolutely. And, and just making you not suffer in isolation for so long. Yeah. That's a good place to take a break. Listeners, in these few minutes, go to my host page, goodgrief at voiceamerica.com or my website, you can sign up for my newsletter, learn about my other work as a grief counselor. And to find out more about Kylie Hanish's work, go to www.returntozerohealingcenter.com. Back after the break. Mm-hmm. 
your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Real Life Solutions. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. This is your host, Cheryl Jones, and today I'm here with Kylie Hanish, who, with her husband, Sean Hanish, created Return to Zero, a film based on their experience with their stillborn son, Norbert. And I did uh, misspeak on the website for the film, which is returntozerothemovie.com. So that's a little correction. Um, Kylie, I know that the phrase, based on a true story, which... which, uh, came up at the beginning of the film means that the film uh you know has some aspects uh, many aspects that are your story and maybe some that aren't and i wondered if you could share the experience as obviously as it's probably been um uh changed over time you know because memories like that but could you tell us about it sure are you interested in just in hearing more about, I mean, well, I, I'm, th- I'm thinking most of the listeners probably haven't seen the film, yeah. and and also the film is not your story, so yeah. I would love to hear yeah. your story. So we um, we were pregnant with our first child, and and everything seemed fine, and then. I'm just jumping right into it, but so, um, I was 35 weeks pregnant and then 
I, what had happened? I started bleeding and I went into labor, but I just thought that it was an early labor. And so I went to the doctor and at that point I found out that there was no heartbeat. And so like the movie, um, I was alone when I found out and, and then you have to, I mean, I, I didn't have anyone there telling me what to do. And I think that's been, and that's something that I'm passionate about is educating the people who are taking care of you is like, you you go into shock when this happens. And so really like, I mean, there's programs that exist out there, but they need to be there kind of as a guide into what is going to happen. Um, and then you have to at most times deliver your child. And, and I mean, that's like really a horrific thing. If you think about, I mean, you know, knowing that your child has died and you still have to deliver mm. them. Uh, but looking back on it now, I wish that there was people there telling me that it was not scary or horrible. I mean, it's it's so sad, but it is the only time that you get with your child forever. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're grateful we have some pictures of him. So I think our midwife said that we might want to take some pictures. And so we, we did take some photos and because it's the only thing that lasts and proves that there was a baby there. And so after that, I'm trying to think, but I mean, so Norbert died in July and we had all the holidays to go through. So um, you know, it's like Halloween, you just like shut off the mm-hmm. lights mm-hmm. and Thanksgiving was hard because I remember someone saying, let's go around the table and say what we're thankful for. And th- there's some very funny holiday scenes in the movie, but you know, but I remember it's just, I was like thankful for anything. I was, <laughs> I was not in that place. Can we and just so, skip it kind of thing? Yeah. And so like Christmas, we actually decided because Thanksgiving was so hard. Cause I think part of the thing, when you're becoming a parent, you're anticipating all the holidays that you're going to have with your baby. She's like, I'm, Oh, he'll be so this many months when it's Christmas. And so we decided to go to Las Vegas and just ignore Christmas just to get through the most like we both don't like Vegas and we decided to go there because it was the most un-Christmas like place. It was <laughs> and so we could just pretend that it wasn't Christmas and or, just or, get through. Or, you know, it's always neon. <laughs> or it's all, Christmas about it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so um so we did that and and I think for both of us, we I think the movie's very emotionally true. And, and, and by that, I mean that we were both grieving very internal, but separately. Mm. And, and I think for me, I mean, I, it's hard for me to remember a lot of it, but I, I, I was in shock for six months. I don't really remember anything, mm-hmm. but it was, it was like on the outside, I would just pretend to be okay. Mm-hmm. And he just worked a lot. And and that's kind of how we were existing. And then I got pregnant with our daughter about six months after 
Norbert died. And at that point, I wasn't, you know, I was in shock and uh, that I was pregnant as well because I felt like I, I was just coming out of the fog. And then when you're pregnant after you've lost a baby, it's just so such a scary, scary time because I feel that if you have a miscarriage and you say, okay, if I can just make it through three months, I know that the baby's okay. But losing your baby in the last month of pregnancy, you have no assurance that everything's going to be okay. So I think for those nine months that I was pregnant, the grief had to be put aside in order to just kind of shut off any of those, any emotions and, um, and get through that time. And then when she was born, it was hard because all the grief came rushing back in and that she looked like Norbert and it was just tough. You know, I think because I hadn't really processed things. Mm -hmm. So, and I think the film really does convey that, that sort of things toppling over each other feeling uh, yeah. just too much uh, at once to really process everything. And that's kind of how it was for you, huh? Yeah. And I think in the movie, there's a scene when the daughter's born at the end and Maggie doesn't want to hold her. And that's so why I said to Sean, I said, was well, I like that? And he said, yeah, and it's so sad. Like, it, no parent should be deprived from having that, the joy in the birth of their child. Mm -hmm. So it, it's sad, you know, and I think for years, I mean, the movie only shows basically one year of things happening. But, you know, it's been a challenge just because we – so much just didn't talk about things, you know, and sometimes we talk about it with each other, but it, there wasn't the, all that much to say, but we were just stuck. Uh. But, you know, it, in the movie though has been helpful in even bringing us together because we've been talking about it a lot. Mm -hmm. I wondered, I was as I was watching the film, I, I want to play that, that clip from the, uh, moment that many driver finds out mm -hmm. or, or her her character maggie but um i was thinking about that as it went on because of her character and you as it turns out being alone mm -hmm. but that seemed sort of like a stamp on it even though no one intended that um i don't know if you experience it that way but you know kind of in your having to deal with it by yourself in a way yeah is there anything you'd like to say about that clip before we hear it? Well, it's, I mean, it's, that scene is true as my, you know, and yeah, it's very scary to have to, you know, you're by yourself and you don't know what to do. You want someone to be there and tell you it's going to be okay. And you're in shock. It's, it's pretty horrible. Mm-hmm. So let's let's listen to that. Okay. What's going on? Just need to take a better look. Okay, there's the head. Great. What's going on? What's happening? Keep breathing. You're doing fine. How is he? Hey, please, please, will you tell me what's happening? 
Dr. Campbell, please, will you tell me what's happening? Okay. I can't find the baby's heartbeat. Oh, no, he's fine. He's just, he's, he's hiding. <laughs> just check it again. I did. The baby doesn't have a heartbeat. I'm so sorry, Maggie. But that's impossible because I can feel him kicking, right? And I can feel him kicking me. I'm so sorry. Okay. Just let me see him. Just let me see him. Maggie. Just, okay, let me see. Let me see him on the screen. Maggie. Do it so I can see him on the screen. Maggie. Your baby's dead. No. Come on. No. Did you come with anyone? No. Want us to call your husband? He's in a meeting. That just touches me so deeply. Yeah, it's hard to listen to. It kind of <laughs> brings, you know, you get that feeling in your stomach like you're going to throw up. Because <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I don't know. For me, it's, it's hard to listen I, to. I, I'm sure. And, and um, I, I mean, I had a stomach-dropping feeling, too. Yeah. Even though <laughs> it's not my, not my experience. And, and also, of course... I, I felt as if it so deeply captured sudden loss as well as uh, the particular loss, mm-hmm. uh, the, the uh, sense of disbelief, uh, just not being able to absorb it. Uh, I do think, you know, I've, I've had both um, mm-hmm. losses after a very long illness or something. They do have a different quality. Um, so that, that's, that really, I thought she, um, did an amazing job of capturing that kind of experience as well as the particular experience. Yeah. Yeah. Minnie Driver, she is an amazing actress and she, she really pulled it off and the authenticity of her performance is outstanding. I, I absolutely yeah. it was it was breathtaking for sure. You know, you mentioned that you you and Sean were kind of uh in your own spaces trying to deal with your grief in your various individual ways. And yet you're married, you have two more children, um, you stay together, you know, and I do know that grief sometimes makes that difficult. Uh, sometimes grief separates people. What do you think helped that to happen? You said it was hard yeah. to actually talk about it. And well, yet- I, I think that we're both really stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, truly, I think that we, I think above all else, we, 
we do really care about each other and we didn't want to let this experience win. I mean, and even though, but it was not easy. And I, I mean, we had the divorce conversation multiple times, you know, when it's just like, we're, you're just not living together nicely. Mm-hmm. But I do think that like, we just, I don't know. We just didn't want to give up on each other. And I don't know what, it's not necessarily that we did anything. And, you know, and I've done quite a bit of work on myself to look at things, you know, to focus more on myself rather than blaming other people. Um, and I think that's really all you can do is, is change the things that you're able to change. Mm. Because you're not going to change somebody else in the way that they're acting or reacting. And so that's not the greatest answer. I don't have like a, a formula for what people can do, but that's kind of for us what, what well, it was like. I, I don't know. I think that is a very deep answer that uh, some part of you, I guess, knew that it wasn't, that you were both having your own responses and, and that you had to kind of accept each other in it. Because I do think yeah. that that does come out of a sort of I can only change myself viewpoint. Yeah. I accept that you can you can only change yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, so it sounds as if underneath the kind of going into your own corners, there continued to be a sense of connectedness in yeah. it. And that's a pretty complete answer. I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> As, as close as we can get, um, given that every relationship is so different. And do, you, and do you think that the film now being out is, you said that you're talking, do you think that's been a further kind of healing for you? Yeah, I do. I do think so. I think that, I just think that by talking about the the experience and then Sean writing and directing the film. And, you know, that was a huge for him integration of the experience into his life and me talking about it and then working on it together. Like it's something that we've got, you know, now I wasn't that involved in the filming of it Mm -hmm. because our son, our little son now he's two, but he was only six months old at the time. And, I was working and being a mom and I just couldn't right, right. you know be so involved in that but I think in the in the getting the movie out into the world we've it's been a project that we've worked on together mm-hmm. and so that that has helped like the bond through that bond through that yeah it's time for our second break so uh I do want to mention again that you can find Dr. Kylie Krakorkian Hanish at www dot return to zero healing center dot com be back in a minute your life your health your network you're listening to voice america health and wellness if you think you've seen online tv before 
Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back to Good Grief. Today I'm with Kylie Hanish, who helped create the film Return to Zero with her husband, director Sean Hanish, about the loss of their son, Norbert. She now offers workshops and retreats for women facing similar losses. And during the break, we were talking about uh, the other... I started crying when we when we played that clip and you said your stomach dropped, you know, it's so, I don't know if I'd ever be able to uh, actually watch or hear that scene without some tears. It's so deep. And you were saying the other one that has that same impact for you is the scene of the stillbirth, which uh, I absolutely agree with. Um, And that there's a, uh, a sad beauty in that scene and in those experiences of being with death. Yeah. I remember, yeah. I remember when, and you know, they told me that he had died and then they sent me home, which I'm not sure why they did that, but they <laughs> sent me home. And so I had to go home and sleep and I went back to the hospital the next day. And, and, but just thinking, I was like, Oh, my baby's dead, but my baby's inside of me. And it just freaked me out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the movie so beautifully portrays, like, you know, there's a silence in the room, definitely. Um, but they they did, it's just a beautiful scene of, like, of the sacredness of a human life. And, and that, that, as I said before, that that time that you get with your baby, which is not very long, you know, you can make it special and sacred. And it's the time that people, they, that they use to make memories that will help them process the whole experience rather than, I know, you know, some people, especially like maybe 30 years ago, they wouldn't let you see your baby. Or I know in certain countries, like in Italy, they don't let you see your baby. Mm-hmm. So it depends where you are. But I think that if you're able to see them and take pictures and make memories, 
just like you do it with a person that, you know, that you've, is alive and has a life and you have memories and pictures and all that, it helps to carry you through the time that you're here without them. The other thing that really uh, struck me about it, you know, I have this thing I say a lot, uh, death doesn't end love. It doesn't end relationship. It ends a body. Mm -hmm. And um, there was so much love in that scene. You know, yes. so much affection and love and connection because, of course, you didn't stop loving him. <laughs> that, no, no. What would make you stop doing that, you know? Yeah. So I, I thought that was so um, well portrayed, that, that sense of, of deep love and sadness at the same time. And, and I think that the other thing that that, I mean, the whole movie does, but this theme doesn't particularly, is that, that sometimes when a baby dies, whether it's during pregnancy or soon after birth, that certain people can think, well, you didn't know the baby. So, you know, it's, 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 they, they disenfranchise the experience and that, that your grief is not quite as important as the grief for someone who was older who died. And it's just not true. I think, you know, the death of somebody that you love affects you, affects each person in a different way. And it can, you know, it doesn't matter how many weeks you were pregnant or how many hours or days the baby lived. It really, you know, it was somebody's child that they wanted. And, and so I think that it, it does a good job showing that it's actually a person. Well, the other thing that comes to my mind is that you don't just lose the baby. You lose the pictures. You talked about this a little when you talked about the holidays. You lose the possibilities. Yeah. And, Exa yeah. and all yeah, the things that would have happened, don't exactly. you? So that almost and, seems and I equally think powerful. And, and, and even if your baby dies, you're still parents, but mm -hmm. the world doesn't necessarily recognize you as parents. And, and so even when you're pregnant with your next child, they're like, is this your first baby? And most of the time, like, it's no one's business, <laughs> my story, you know, if I'm just a stranger and stuff. But, you know, to have the courage to say, like, no, it's not my first baby. Um, and... And when you're not excited to be pregnant, it's just, it's an odd thing. But yes, the, it's, it is the, the depth, uh, the death and end of all those dreams that you had. You know, I think that's a good place to kind of uh, move a little bit into the other, the other clip we have, which is, uh, I, I, you know, the, the sense of not wanting to let go of grief, um, would you like to say anything about it before we play that? Yeah, I, I remember feeling the feeling when I started not feeling pain all the time, mm -hmm. that I felt guilty for not feeling it. And that I was, af you know, I was afraid of losing my connection to him because it was through the pain that I thought that I was connected. And it's, you know, so, but Maggie does a really, I don't know if I said it as eloquently as Maggie, but she does a good job in, in expressing that. Mm. Let's hear that. 
They put him in a cardboard box. I'm real sorry, Maggie. That hour we spent with him, hugging him, kissing him, the most beautiful hour of my life. Didn't want it to end. It's strange, this pain I feel. I love it. I love it. And I embrace it. I'm afraid if I let it go, I'm going to lose the last little piece of him I still have. It's a funny this thing no one tells you about. About the relationship that begins with them after they die. And if I can quiet my head down enough, I can feel him. I hear him. I can see why you want to have this baby. You're a wonderful mother. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to get close. I am afraid of everything. I the what what happened for me at that last I'm afraid of everything. Mm. It reminded me a great deal of when I got to the point with the grief over my wife where I wanted to love again. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. very it's very frightening because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you now know what you're signing up for in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just worth it, but it's it's frightening. Yes, and it, and it sounds as if you you uh, walked into that a little bit by surprise. Yeah, that's correct. And I think, and I think for me, even, and I know that this is a common thing between a lot of us who have lost children is, is that the, there's a tremendous amount of anxiety over a lot of things, but most especially when your children get sick, like we all think that, you know, with a cold, like, oh, my child's going to die. I mean, it's a totally irrational, but you go to that place and it's really scary. And so it's not like it's something that goes away. It kind of, it's, it lasts. Yeah. We, we, we kind of, um, I don't know for myself, there's, there's the aspect in which I feel, uh, sometimes a little invincible. Like I lived through that, you know, and other times where I feel like, Oh God, how could I ever live through that again? Um, so that then that part, of course, is a little fearful, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I have this sense, and I don't know if you apply this word. Uh, as as I think you know, I I uh, interviewed Deb Rich, who has yes. an organization called Shoshana's Legacy. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, I was so touched by uh, the legacy part of that. Mm-hmm. 
And I wondered if you thought about your own work in that way, that in a way it's Norbert's legacy. I definitely think so. Um, I mean, it is pretty amazing how somebody who who did not even take one breath on earth can work through us and and affect so many people's lives. So mm-hmm. it's it's humbling. I mean, it's a very spiritual concept, I guess. You know, it's it's some you know greater power and i'm not and i'm not talking religious but just you know it's it's bigger than we are so and i definitely think that you know i'm honored to be you know sharing my experience and his his life with people um and that's kind of how we can you know, the things that we all choose to do after our loved ones are gone is, is in honor and memory of, of those loved ones. Mm-hmm. And also, in a sense, uh, for me anyway, continue the, the relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, yeah. you know, you, you just strike me as someone who has a very deep relationship with him. Uh, obviously, at a, at a completely different level. But yeah. um, that he's, he seems very present to me talking with you. Yeah, but I don't think he always was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do, I mean, I'm very, very grateful for, you know, for me, the, the work and the healing that's been done, mostly over the last year with the film, and that, that I can still mother him in whatever way I, I can, you know, mother his memory, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel honored to do that, and... And, and glad that we can, you know, by, by sharing and being vulnerable, that it really kind of knocks down any barriers. If, you know, I think Sean has a line that he says that it's like, whatever's the most personal is the most universal. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so by sharing these, these deep, dark secrets and experiences, it's through that that people can really connect. And also, uh, I know a big part of why I love doing this show is changing the conversation, making, you know, I have a friend who went to a grief retreat and everyone wore an armband that said how long ago, different Mm -hmm. colors meant how long ago you lost the person. Mm -hmm. I thought that, wow, I'd love to walk around in the world like that all the time. I'm yeah. a little weird that way, I guess, but there is something so precious about our losses, and they make us so deeply human. Uh, so, yeah. I'm I'm all for more stories being told and more conversations like we're having today. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think one of the biggest things the movie has done. I mean, it's probably done a lot of things, but is that it's really brought this topic of perinatal loss into the conversation and into awareness and that, and that's really the first step towards anything yes uh, uh being out in the light yeah as opposed to hidden under a rock huh yes well also you mentioned just briefly shame and to me um things that are out in the light tend to lose their shame punch 
Yes. Things that are talked about, things that are shared. It's hard to uh, keep up a, a shame response to it. No, I definitely agree. So I just, I know you're, we're going to end pretty soon, but I just wanted to say if people want to watch the film, um, it, it is available on DVD on Amazon and some other retailers, but you can also watch it on Amazon Instant and iTunes. You can rent it. Fantastic. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that. I, I actually did that so I could watch it on a bigger screen, mm-hmm. and, and it was great to do that. I want to thank you so much for being with me to, today, Kylie. It's been really wonderful. Oh, thank you for having me. It's, it's an honor to share my story again, so thank you. You're welcome. Listeners, you can find the film at www.returntozerothemovie.com and Dr. Kylie Krikorian-Hanish at www.returntozerohealingcenter.com. We'll continue the conversation about reproductive, reproductive losses next week with Ivy Margolis, a certified death midwife and founder of Angels Born Still. This has been Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. I look forward to bring, being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for Good Grief. Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Cheryl Jones, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week. Abre mi corazón.